Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is George and James and we're getting pretentious with Childish Cambinos because the internet. going james good how are you good yeah i'm good um last episode we sort of just started on a on a chat and we didn't ask each other what we've been listening to recently what we've been watching listening to reading all that sort of stuff i told you that i watched marriage story the other day didn't i you did Mm. that was good i put it on expecting some some background rom-com to do while I worked. Turns out, absolutely incredible film. Not a rom-com either. No. More like a family drama. It's like a... It almost has a thriller sense to it. Really? Just like, if you could make... Like, nothing about the filming is thriller-esque. Right. Just like the storytelling, the way it builds, it has this tension... It's like, oh, what's going to happen next? And it doesn't... It's, it's like a slow jump. Makes you jump, but in a slow way. Oh. It'd be like having a car crash in slow motion. Just like you don't get whiplash, but you get to experience the tumble. Right. So, like, when things happen, you're like, oh, no, it's happening. And it, and it happens. I don't know. It's, it's a weird... It's hard to describe. I'm not... Not seen a film done in that style to that standard ever. I don't think. I will. I will watch it at some point. You should watch it. Plus, it's on Netflix. So. And I do love Adam Driver. I think he's great. Yeah, I didn't realise that he was also in the army. Yeah, wasn't he a marine? Or yeah, something? I think so. Like he was properly like. Yeah. Um, Which would explain why he's quite good as the kind of emotional character. Like, he's obviously seen some shit. Yeah. I think what else I've seen him in that I really like. I was going to have an example ready for you. I only know Star Wars. Star, but I think he's the best thing about the new Star Wars. Um, films. That zombie film the you Dead were talking Don't about. Die. Yeah. Yes, the Jim Jarmusch film. Yeah, I need to see that. He's great in that. He's very deadpan. Him and Bill Murray are just two very deadpan cops. Yeah, what have you been watching, listening, reading? Well, so I'm reading two books at the moment. Get you. Well, I always have, like, seven, well, technically I'm probably reading, like, 12 books, so I always have, like, loads yeah. on the go that I just sort of stop and come back to later. You, you're reading 12, but you're actually paying attention to yeah. one. The, the ones that two. I'm paying attention to at the moment are the James A. Caster book, um, Perfect Sound Whatever. Yes. Which is about him listening to, spending, having a breakdown in 2017 and filling his sort of emotional void with albums from 2016 and he's basically arguing that 2016 is the greatest year for music of all time which which is a funny idea when you look into it it's actually there's some good stuff and uh i mean 
so I think I told you this already, but um, the Ultra way he beam. starts, yeah, is by pointing you towards Ultralight Beam, which I'd somehow missed. I listened to that, uh, I think it was last night, actually, on the way to rehearsal. It's such an incredible song. And I, well, I put it on when I was on the way back at, like, half 11 at night, in the dark on a bus. Oh, I think if it's one of those, it's another one of those songs, like the White Lies album, that you can just you listen to it in the dark. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think if anyone ever said to me that Kanye West was shit, like no good, send them that way. I would play them that song because it's. I, I genuinely think that song is a masterpiece. Like it's incredible. So good. And it's like five and a half minutes long and it's still, it works. Like, is it? Yeah, it's long. Oh, I thought it was like three and a half minutes. No. No. But it doesn't feel like it. So I'm reading that and then I'm also reading uh, Louis Theroux's Gotta Get Through This, which is his like memoir. Oh, right. And it's, it's, it's great. It's Louis Theroux talking about his life and like all of his work and stuff. Uh, yeah, I can Louis imagine Theroux. that's a... If anyone's going to have an interesting memoir, it's Louis Theroux. Yeah, and he doesn't spend too long, because I can't really read books like that. I, I hate books like that generally, because they always spend about half the book about their, talking about their childhood. And you're like, I don't care about your childhood. I just yeah. want to know about your work. Like, I want to hear about the stuff I know and like. And he sort of... I think he writes, like, two chapters about his childhood, but they're also relevant because his parents like his dad is obviously like a was a famous writer before yeah him anyway so it's like kind of like relevant to then how he ends up um i've noticed from reading any autobiography that i've read the story the kids the like growing up section it is pretty much you had a bad childhood or a good childhood yeah and then that fills the first few chapters and then it and then the other half of the book is the rest of yeah. it. It's always just a good childhood or a bad childhood. Beyond that, it's always the same. I think what Louis Theroux does right about his book is that he sort of... Actually, his story about his... So he's got basically two chapters about his childhood. The first chapter is really about his parents, mm. which is kind of relevant, because, like I said, because of his, like, who they were. Yeah. And so he's more describing them and sort of the bohemian sort of lifestyle that he sort of grew up in. Yeah. Um, and then he talks about the the sort of second chapter is about his time at school and that's relevant because of that's where he was friends with Adam Buxton and Joe Cornish and so and then obviously they play a part later on as well. So Yeah, I forget that they all were Yeah. But it's good. It's yeah, quite it's, it's a good it's interesting. I'm at the point where he's like just started working for Michael Moore. Uh, so that's, that's quite good. So you're still fairly early. Yeah, uh, I haven't really like dedicated a lot of time to it. But yeah, fair. That's good. I'm still reading the same book I was reading before Christmas, so... What's that? Uh, what's it called? Fifty Shades of Grey. No. Um, Fifty Shades Darker. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, oh, it's even... So I think it's Mindset. Is that what it's called? I should know. I've been reading it for like four months now. What's it about? It's about um, having a growth mindset or a fixed mindset 
and how to improve your work process. Something you'll realise about my book collection is they're pretty much all business, self-help... Oh, really? ..or music business. Like, they're all some sort of, like... Like ways not, of increasing your productivity, and all yeah, that kind of stuff, right? very much getting things done, yeah. Uh, Purple Cow Drive, not Drive the Film Drive, it's about kind yeah. of adding drive to a team that you work in. Um, it's all those sorts of books. It's very boring, but if I read a normal book, I seem to get more bored. Um, a thing that the podcast listeners will probably learn is that George is quite obsessed with. We're not obsessed. Well, no, I'm going to go with obsessed. Yeah. With, like, productivity, being productive. Yeah. So, fun story of how this podcast came about (laughs) is that I texted George that I had an idea for a podcast. And about half an hour, I I got a message back saying, sounds good, I'll have have a think about it. Yeah. And about an hour later, maybe half an hour later... I received a three-page document from George <laughs> outlining the the podcast and the uh, the guidelines and stipulation. No, stipulations. That's not the right word. Stipulations. Stipulations of what the podcast should be about. So there you go. Whereas I'm much less or much less organised. Yeah. As a human being. Yeah. The issue is, is I still don't feel like I'm that organised. Turns out, if you're obsessed with being organised, there's no limit as to how much you can organise your life. I even put in my calendar when to eat if I've got a busy day. So have you ever watched that uh, Netflix show, uh, the Japanese lady, Marie Kondo, who, like, goes to people's houses? She's like... It's like a Japanese queer eye. She's like... She goes to people's houses and she basically, like, organises the shit out of people's houses. And... I feel like that would be very much your programme. That does... It It sounds like something I'd want to do, but not something I'd want to watch. And she's got this thing about, like, if an item doesn't spark joy in your life, then you shouldn't keep it. Oh, yeah, it's like... I, I hate... It's really overused, but the term, like, minimalist living... Mm. There's a documentary about it on Netflix. It's a pile of shit. <laughs> but I've actually watched it a few times because... The ideas are great. It's just a way it's it's put across. It's like the film In Time with Justin Timberlake. Great story. Oh, yeah, that was great, film. great yeah. idea. The whole everything about it, fantastic. Apart from the actual film itself. Was that the one where you had the time as your time currency? Is currency. Awesome idea. And time being like a, your lifespan. Yeah, and there's such a that's such a cool sci-fi idea. And they yeah. could, and it starts off strong and then it just goes to shit. That's basically the minimalist documentary. But they say one thing in there which I really like, which is if you've got a bookshelf full of books, do you use them? Yes. Then you keep them. Being minimal doesn't mean get rid of all of your stuff. You don't have to live in an empty room. Just either use your stuff, lend your stuff, or sell your stuff. That is kind of the mantra I've got from it. I see. So unless you actually need something or use it, surely it's better to, if you don't use it, sell it, buy something that you will use. And that also then goes... But you have a vinyl collection, but you do... 
pull them out and look at them occasionally. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, I'm not really... Yeah, like, my vinyl collection is there because I actually listen to them. And so that feels valid to me. Mm. But there's all sorts of stuff that I've got sitting around that I probably don't use, but I just don't want to get rid of either. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm and not very good at letting go. Yeah, I know. Of things. Yeah. It is tough, like... I wish I could be more... Yeah. Less materialistic, I think. It helped when I started, like, when I count surf for, like, two or three months because it was like, oh, I need to get everything in a bag. And it was around that time that I started, like, reading up about minimalist living. And it was like, oh, shit, I am already doing this. Like, there's so much stuff that I've just not used for months. Yeah. Why do I have it? Uh, it like, actually uprooting yourself from a place that you've lived for a while makes you kind of realise, like... Why do I have any of this stuff? I think I have a weird thing about if I've bought something and then six months later I haven't actually used it really that much, the logical thing to do is go, well, it turned out you didn't really want it or need it, Mm. so sell it. But I think there's part of me that's like, if that feels like a weird sort of failure in a way. It's almost yeah. like admitting I was wrong, that I didn't need that thing. There is definitely that feeling of, like, I bought this on a whim, I haven't used it, and I've just now fallen into the capitalist pit hole. Yeah. Which is so easy to do. The amount of time... The amount of times I've looked at my bank statement and seen some of the crap that I've bought, like, food-wise and stuff, and I've been like, do I really need that? No. After that <laughs> nice little tangent... Back to uh, Childish Cambino, I guess. Yeah. Because the internet. I mean, we're not too far off from the kind of message of this album already. No, it's weird how we end up sort of circling back to that kind of thing. Yeah, because because <laughs> because the internet. It it's definitely a reflection on society. I mean, well, just the title alone. Yeah. And the whole, the, the album artwork. Oh. Yeah, let's talk about the album artwork. That seems like a cool place to start. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, it's happening more nowadays, having moving artwork. But as far as I'm aware, he's one of the first people to do it, like, so commercially. Yeah, so if you haven't seen it, for anyone who hasn't seen it, you can if you go onto Google Images and search album cover, it usually yeah. comes up. Because if you've looked, if you've just listened to this album on Spotify, you won't have seen It'll what we're talking about. It will just be Donald Glover's face. It will just be Donald Glover's face. But what actually happened? What at, the artwork actually is is Donald Glover's face, and it's a GIF. The artwork yeah. is actually a GIF or GIF, however you want to pronounce it. It's a GIF. It is GIF. Although apparently the man who invented GIFs calls it GIF. So anyway. Anyway, it's him. It's supposed to be him like moving out of your screen. Screen. Yeah, because it basically goes from a picture of him. I feel like it's a painting or some sort of like pixel art. And yeah, it's meant to feel like the internet coming to get you. And then, so you got past the album artwork. And I think this is only for people who bought the vinyl. But you've bought the vinyl. You've seen the artwork. You then open the vinyl. And what's in there is an 80-page... Um, what do you call it? Screenplay. Screenplay. 
to, to read while you're listening to the album. Of a film that doesn't exist. Yeah. Now, you see, is that... This is my only thing with that. Knowing that he's done... Was it Atlantic? No, Atlanta. Atlanta. Like, we know that he can do film and TV. Mm. And he's been in community, so he can act and all of this. Why is it just a screenplay? Is it? Is it because the actual fact that it's a screenplay is a nice kind of a, like because the album is about the internet is having a screenplay and reading from a piece of paper make it in some way the detachment makes it more of an experience or is it just that he was lazy and couldn't be bothered to make a film of it <laughs> like which one <laughs> well he did make some short films for it didn't he are we talking about the music videos no we're talking about the short films that he released I don't know if I've seen the short films. So he released... Uh, I don't think I have either, but I've, I've, I saw this when I was reading. He released... Um, he released some short films that act as a prequel to the album slash screenplay. I think that's correct. Interesting. I feel... Nah, don't get me wrong, I love this album. I think it's a really cool, fun album to listen to. And it's an album album, which mm. is refreshing. Especially for a... I don't know if I'd call it hip-hop. It kind of is. It's in that thread. I'd call it hip-hop. Yeah. I don't know what else I would call it if it was. It's an alternative hip-hop, I guess. Yeah, sure. I think it. it's really refreshing that it's such an album-y album. Like, you, you put it on and you listen to it. Yeah, all the way through. It's not, oh, I want to listen to this song. I mean, there is a few, but it's definitely meant to be an album. But it's just not not quite put together right. It just doesn't quite gel. The whole marketing behind it, you don't quite get the full impact. Like, the fact that there's not a dedicated website or... Something, it almost, yeah, I'm going to start this again. <laughs> but the album just doesn't quite sell itself with all of the little packages that it's got on top of it. If you get me, it you don't know listening to album that it should be read with a screenplay and then there's a short film before it. None of that's explained. And I know it kind of ruins the fun a little bit, having that explained, but also at the same time, I feel like I'm missing out on a lot. So do you think all the sort of different elements that he's done, they're all sort of too disparate from one, from one another? And yeah. you would like it as more of a, here is this whole package. Yeah. Well, like the way the gorillas do it, it's very, it all works. And you don't even have to be that big a follower to know that Murdoch was put in prison and stuff like that. Like, they make it very accessible, even though it goes into massive depths with the artwork and all of the stories. Because the internet felt like a go at doing that and fell a little bit short, for me anyway. So, see, I... 
I think I may disagree. Do you think it's abstract enough that it works? I think... See, I don't know if... So did you know any of these other elements existed before listening to the album? No. So, whereas that bothers you about the fact that you didn't know these things existed and feel like you're missing out. I didn't know these things existed. Listen to the album on its own first. And then found more little goodies. And then it's like, oh, and he could did a thing like there. And oh, and there's a screenplay. Oh, that's quite cool. And that and it and for me, that instead of um feeling frustrated that I'm not getting it in a neat package, for me it was like uh, I, I do agree with you. I'm discovering new things. I did like discovering it, but it wasn't easy to discover. Well, he's definitely not made it easy since. Yeah. Like, like being able to... I don't know if at the time it was easier. Yeah, it's difficult, because when did it come out? Like, 2013. 2013. So because the internet was 2013, so that's what? That's seven years ago now. So, like, when it came out, because I wasn't really aware of the Childish Gambino... I knew Donald Glover back then. But I wasn't really aware of the Childish Gambino thing at the time. No, I wasn't. I, I wasn't even that into this sort of music, really. I wasn't that into listening to things beyond the small niche genres that I listened to. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if at the time all that stuff was much more obvious. Yeah. And whether now it's when just actually because all the marketing like, was out and all of that. Yeah. Whether now it's just because it's like all. It's all um, blown over, died down, sort of thing. It's yeah. like moved on to the next thing that it feels like those kind of things are sort of hard to find because I guess, like. Yeah. I just wish you could, like, it would be nice if something was kept up, whether it be like on Spotify, you could go to the about page or something and it had a link mm. to the screenplay or something to a PDF version. Or just to buy the vinyl. I suppose you need the vinyl to get the screenplay, don't you? I th- I feel like this album... So I think this is Childish Gambino's best album, in my opinion. It's the best, al- like, collection that works together. Like, you got... Like, Awaken My Love has got the best songs on it. Do you think? Production-wise, songwriting stylistic choicing it's superb it's a fantastic album it's it's got fantastic songs but it is just like it's a best of hits of donald glover writing songs in that style uh see again (laughs) Again. this is an interesting one because i think what i was going to say is i think this album has been superseded by uh awaken my love in the sort of the public eye right and I definitely yeah. think, like, Awaken My Love really, like, launched Donald Glover. Yeah, it's a lot more accessible. Like and I actually, like, enjoy it a lot less than Because of the Internet, personally. Um, I, I, enjoy, I actually yeah. think it. I actually think Awaken My Love is accessible in some ways, but also quite a difficult listen. Well, I think it's just not, it's not, as an album goes, it's not attached to itself. It is just a bunch of songs that have the same style and vibe. Yeah. Same as the, um, the kind of EP thing he did beforehand that I can't remember the name of. 
and also oh, the, the summer one. No, that was the two songs, two or three songs he released. No, no, after. Um, sorry. The I know the one you mean. It's like Kawhi or something. Yeah. Um, with it's got like Jaden Smith on it. Yeah, yeah, it was really nice, but it wasn't a cohesive piece of work. Whereas because the internet is just beautifully cohesive, it just flows. I think that's what I mean. It's like it's easy for me to sit down. I would much rather sit down and listen to the whole of Because the Internet yeah. than sit down and listen to the whole of Awake My Love. If I'm listening yeah. to Awake My Love, I'm probably picking a few tracks that I like. Yeah, 100%. Whereas because the internet feels like a complete, uh, despite what we've said about all of these disparate elements like the screenplay and stuff, if you take it just mm. purely on the music, I think it's a very complete uh, album to me. That's yeah. how it feels. Oh, I agree. It's a better album when it comes to like an album, but it's definitely not his best songs, in my opinion. Although Cruel and Z-Lots of Stockholm, hands down my two favourite songs of his. Is it Cruel I'm thinking of? I think it's Cruel that I really like. The opening track. It's just so dark and... Yes, yeah, yeah. It is Cruel, yeah. Yeah. But when it comes to the music itself, the production, and I think this is the first album... I'm just going to fact-check this. And also, I don't think I can pronounce his name properly. I see, no, I think Ludwig... Did do the one before as well, Bonfire or Camp or whatever it's Ludwig called. Ludwig Goransson, I think that's his name. Yeah, it is. He, I think he did Camp as well before it. On the fun note, he also produced a song for Heim. Ludwig Goransson has done some interesting stuff. Like, he did all the music for Community. Yeah. Um, he's doing the new Christopher Nolan film. Oh, I didn't know he was doing a new film. Oh, have you not seen the trailer? Oh, oh we'll watch that one. I'm showing you that when we finish. So Hans Zimmer was supposed to be doing Tenet because obviously he does all the well, Christopher Nolan films. Yeah. Um, but Hans Zimmer was busy doing the Lion, the new Lion King. And what's the other thing that he's doing that makes no sense? Well, he's doing the new Bond film. That's it. Hans Zimmer um, and Bond. No, that makes sense. But he was doing at the time that he Christopher Nolan needed music for Tenet. Hans Zimmer was tied up with the Lion King. So Hans Zimmer said, why don't you try Ludwig? Imagine, imagine sitting at home, you get a call from Christopher Nolan, even if it's not Christopher Nolan himself, someone involved with Christopher Nolan going, hey, um, are you able to do a soundtrack for Christopher Nolan's new film? Hans Zimmer recommended you? Oh, like, that's, that's life completion right there. Yeah, so he's doing, he's doing that. He's done some interesting stuff like some really interesting stuff like some interesting film stuff mm. I'd love to see Donald Glover in a Chris Nolan film <sighs> yeah or a series I feel like I don't think Donald Glover could write a film oh I don't know have you watched Atlanta it's a series yeah yeah, yeah. But he like... can write a series I don't think Donald Glover has the ability to condense his ideas down into an hour and a half to two hours. I think the only way Donald Glover can tell a really good story is through, like, ten hours of a ten-episode-long Netflix special. What, him and Christopher Nolan make a TV series together? With Ludwig and Hans Zimmer doing the music together. (laughs) That would be insane. (laughs) Oh, the dream. But I think that's why 
I, I say that about him and series and films and stuff, but I actually think that's the same with the album. Like, this is his best album, and it's also a mammoth. Yeah, it's long. Like, he didn't pull back, but I genuinely think that was the only way of him being able to make something cohesive. It's just how he works. I think he likes to long it out a bit. Actually, yeah, because Awaken My Love as well, if we're talking about that, is, is like a lot more... It's like 10 tracks or something, isn't it? It's a lot more focused in, yeah. a, in a way in terms of... Um, you kind of lose the Donald Glover when he does that. You lose the the thing that makes him sparkle. <laughs> sparkle. He's like, he's, he's kind of like, his ideas are sort of sprawling all over the place. Yeah. And you're like... Um, yeah, actually, Awaken My Love is very, it's very contained. Like, compared to because the internet, because the internet just feels like such a, it almost has a rant vibe to it. It feels very real. It feels all over the place. It's quite scatty. Obviously, it's very organised scatty. But it's like, it feels real. It feels like you're listening to one of your friends. The, 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 there's a specific track where Donald Glover's delivery reminds me of Rami Malek's delivery of his, like, uh, voiceovers in Mr. Robot. Yes. And, and uh, in Mr. Robot, the voiceovers, you're, like, in Mr. Robot, you're in uh, Elliot's mind. Mm. And it feels a bit... This album feels a bit like being trapped inside Donald Glover's mind. Yeah. Which is great. It has that. And to be honest, that's kind of how This Is America feels as a song. It feels like Donald Glover's opinions and him having an internal monologue. He's not trying to... All of his best work seems to be him just... Pissed off about something. Pissed off and just venting and not worrying about what people think. Whereas Awaken My Love feels... more considered it it feels observed so it feels like he's taken a look at stuff he's it feels like an inspired album where you can tell he's been probably sat listening to that style of music for ages and then being like i'm gonna write an album like this this will be fun and then that's how they made the album rather than him actually it's not about him or his opinions it's just an album of him and Ludwig being like... Which makes sense as well, because... Talk about the songwriting on Awaken My Love being uh, sort of more complex and and sort of... um, You said it was his best songwriting. Yeah. Is on Awaken My Love. Which makes more sense in a way, because if you think about it, when you think about what we were just saying, um, because the internet is much more of a hip-hop record than Awaken My Love is. Yeah. Awaken My Love is sort of like sort of 70s funk. Yeah. Um, and Stylized. It's stylized. There's not... I'm trying to think if there's actually any sort of rapping on Awaken My Love. I'm not even sure there is. At most, it's a very slow... Whereas... Blend between rap and spoken word. Whereas in Because of the Internet, there's a lot of fast-paced bars because it feels like he's desperately trying to get something off his chest. He's desperately, like, get, he needs yeah. to get these words out. Uh, and he then needs there's to make also, a comment on stuff. And then also, though, there's some of the spoken word bits 
or like the more slow down bits that feel like him, like that whole classic in a film, somebody sat in a bathtub or something yeah. and sat with their own thoughts. It's like that. It's, it makes me think it's, it's a little bit similar to Top Boy in the kind of pacing where one minute you've got this massive, like, shootout, people... And Peaky Blinders, same as well. Yeah. Or at least early Peaky Blinders. Big old shootout. Everything's like, oh, big action. And then the next thing you know, they're having some sort of breakdown and crying into a pillow. Yeah. That's how... Because the internet feels. It also helps with the way that Donald Glover's actually numbered the songs as well. It gives you that parts. It it breaks it down for you slightly. Into chapters almost. Yeah. Yeah. Which I quite like. So just for anyone who doesn't know, explain what you mean by that. He sort of numbers each track, doesn't he? In Roman numerals. Separately to their actual track listing numbers. Yeah, but like it would be good if the bits where it tells you to read the uh, screenplay was after you changed the vinyl. So, like, read a bit of screenplay, listen to side A, read the screenplay, listen to side B, because then it's a natural stopping point. Yeah. It's like if you've ever watched the extended edition of Lord of the Rings... Unfortunately, yes, I have. I don't know if it's on... I don't know if you do it on the Blu-ray or if it's just the DVD version. The DVD you definitely have to change. Mid-film. Yeah. And they put it at points... That make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes it so much nicer being able to just... Sometimes I wish... That's something that I wish they did with Les Miserables. Miserables. What? The The film film of Les Miserables? Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't... Like, I've never... I can happily go to the theatre and watch singing... Hour and a half, interval, hour and a half. Sitting and watching people singing for three hours straight. That's hard. I think fundamentally I have a problem with musical films. Like films of musicals. Yeah. It doesn't work for me. I know it was a big tradition back at the start of Hollywood. Um, I like going can work to the like, theatre. Like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is effectively a musical. So it, it can work. But it's not... Um, it's not all the way through. It's like the songs are like a homage to... Yeah. The thing is with Les Miserables, it was like, we are literally doing the stage show Les Miserables on film. Oh, and that is singing throughout. And then you've got a load of people who couldn't actually sing it to do it, like Russell Crowe. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was long. Yeah, it's just, you don't... But I would welcome back intervals back into films. Like Tarantino does it now, occasionally. I know when Hateful Eight came out, you could go see a special version in 70 mil where you'd have, like, an interval in the middle and stuff. I like that. Um, I think... I don't understand why it doesn't exist anymore because, especially with something like... The thing that's put me off about watching The Irishman is that... It's three hours long. It's three long. hours long. And admittedly, yeah, it's on Netflix, so you I can put an interval it. in myself by pausing but it. But that's not the point. But I want, like, a designated interval yeah. place. Because I don't know when I'm watching a film I haven't seen before, where an appropriate place to stop is, because I don't know what's coming up. So well, it's the same I with need... when you're watching comedy. You might expect, like, Stuart Lee's a good example of a comedian that will have a point that feels like it's going down. Mm. Bit of matter of fact, the whole fact that it's going down is a punchline, yeah. like, two lines later. But if you're watching that on a DVD, you might be like, oh, I'll just pause it here. 
And then you come back in, he says the punchline, you're like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, you don't want that. That's why I wish you could... If Spotify, if you're listening to Spotify, you should add a function that shows you if there's a vinyl of the album where the side changes are. That would satisfy me. It would be very sad and not many people would use it, but good God, that would satisfy me. So you could do an automatic vinyl player swap, but on Spotify. So, like, it would stop when the vinyl would stop. Mm. And then you could play the next song. Give you that breathing time. It would just really improve the mobile listening experience on, of, on streaming services. Yeah, that's quite a good idea. Yeah. Because I think, uh, certainly, this, uh, coming back to... Because the internet, it's... I think I've probably listened to this... I mean, I when I do listen to this album, I don't really listen to it out of order. I will no. just I will just listen to the album. I won't really listen to tracks on their own. There's no. a couple of standout tracks, obviously, that are sort of well-known yeah. as singles, like 3005 and Sweatpants, you know, people that yeah. sort of know them as songs separate to the album, but... Um, but that's about it, really. Yeah. Maybe World Star. Yeah. Um, but it really is sort of an album you listen to from start to finish. Having said that, I'm not sure how many times I've actually gotten through the record in one go because it feels like quite a task. And if I had those yeah. little interval moments, then I probably would have listened to it more. Yeah, because... I, I have done it. This is the only album that I've done it with, and it's because of the numbering. Where I'll, on the way to work, I'll listen to one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five, and then even though I might have enough time to listen to another song, I'll pause it and be like, I'll listen to the rest of it on Later. the way back from yeah. work. I, I like that because otherwise, it's quite often if I really like an album and you probably do the same, you put it on, you listen to the first five or six tracks, then you go and do something else for a few hours, and then you're like, oh, I'm going to listen to that album, and then you just listen to it from the beginning again. Yeah. And then before you know it, you know the first five or six tracks really well, and then you're like, oh, I forgot there was three or four other tracks on the end of this album. Yeah, he's almost split... It's not even just like he's split it up like you would on a record. It's like they're, they're chapters, really. They're sort of chapter points. Yeah, and they feel like complete. And actually, often the tracks in each sort of chapter flow into the next uh, song. Yeah. Um, so it almost feels like, in a way, it, it's sort of a bit like uh, classical music. It's like each chapter is sort of a movement. Yeah. And you're going through each, uh, you know, and there's different sort of, I don't know the classical terms. But sonatas. Each, each song is, yeah, like a different sonata in each. Yeah. As part of a whole... Yeah, because you'll have, like, the fourth movement, but it will have different sections. If I'm right, like... So you'll have a movement that has sonatas, or it might be the other way around. Yeah. Correct us if we're wrong. But, yeah, it, it has that feeling, which I like. Which is kind of what a lot of people will do nowadays with EPs. Maybe if you release one or two or three EPs and they're all around the same thing. I mean, come on, Spotify. Just give us an option to have an album stop automatically where somebody thinks it should stop. 
where like the artist thinks it should should stop. I would totally use that function. So for example, I was listening to uh, what would be a good album. White Lies is a good example. I think there's a couple of songs in that album where it would be nice to have it stop, allow you to reflect. I mean, there must be a very select few amount of people that would enjoy that. I, I don't think even it would know be quite a niche feature. Yeah. Um, I would enjoy Because it. you could just press stop. You could. <laughs> like, but, like, I, it's something that I, like, really like. One of my favourite moments, I, this is really sad, but in Alt-J's um, first album, I can't remember the name. Alt-J? No. Was it just self-titled? No, it wasn't. Fact check. Fact check. George is fact checking. Fact check. An awesome wave. Oh, yes. One of the best parts in that album, I think I worked out that there is seven seconds of silence between the song before Matilda and Matilda. And, oh, such a good amount of silence. Like, it finishes and you get just the right amount of, like, mental breathing space before the next song starts. Like... Not enough albums do that. I hate it when you've got this big epic or, like, some really, like, impactful song and then it goes straight into, like, what would be the B-side and there's, like, two seconds in between and you're like, no, I was still, like, contemplating and, like, absorbing that massive venture I just went on. I mean, that's partially the artist's fault as well, but... Is this just a me issue? Is this something that only I experience? Um, no, I agree with what they're saying. Am I just being I, a little I don't, bit... I don't think Spotify are going to... Uh, uh, to Put in that effort. Put in that effort to put in but this feature that only George will an, use. They'll happily put annoying GIFs on all of the songs that I listen to on mobile. Do they do that? I don't know. I don't have Spotify, so I don't know. I mean, it basically sounds like you're someone who would benefit from from listening to your music a lot more on vinyl. Yeah, pretty because much. then you get those points. But where I'm you also have to change the record. I'm also somebody who doesn't spend that much time at home, so yeah. I don't get a chance, which is a shame. So George is currently looking at Spotify to try and find these gifts that I think he may have made up in his head. No, they're definitely a thing. <laughs> what do you mean? There's gifts. Hold on. Would you mean like emojis or something? No, 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 no. Lapsley, that's... So how come they can give those gifts, but the Childish Gambino thing isn't a gift? So it's not on the artwork, but if you pause it, it still carries on. Oh, that's annoying. So it's not even, like... It's not connected to the, to the song? No, I... Why have I, they done that? I kind of like it. But who's watching it? Well, it's not it's nice in a way if you use it. Billie Eilish is someone that's used it well ish. Because you can change it and it as and when you want okay. through your Spotify artist account. So what Billie will do, she'll put a little clip up. Like, when the songs originally came out, it was all very similar, all based around yeah. the album artwork. 
then when a music video would come out for it, she'd put up a little a little snippet from the music video. Right. But then she would keep updating which snippet of the music video, and then she'd put like bits that weren't in the music video, but okay. from the same shoot. And then if she'd done it, done some other sort of video, or there was some sort of anime, she she just like updates it. And it makes going back to the album have another level of fun and interest. Yeah. That I can get on board with. But there seems to be a lot of people that just go, oh, oh should we just put now. a clip of just some easily loopable, like a fire or something? And yeah. it's just like, oh, this is such a millennial piece of obnoxious crap that's just going to use up my data while I'm walking about for no valid reason. And your battery. Yeah. And your phone. But then if it's good, if if people put in the effort. But then also people waste the whole album cover a lot of the time. Well, yeah, I mean, until I saw the actual artwork for Because of the Internet, I wasn't blown away by yeah. the artwork for this album. It's only because then the I gift, saw that like, there's the uh, gif. It, it makes sense. But on its own, it's just a picture of Donald Glover's face. Yeah. And it's like, well... He's, he's just a genius. I, I think he has an, intent, an attention to detail that... He has a great attention to detail, but also at the same time, he has a real appreciation for kind of childish charm. Mm. Like, he will not overdo things if it's not needed but he will also go completely overboard with his style. Like Bridget Riley says, simplicity... Oh, Jesus Christ, I forgot on the quote. I went to see it the other day. It's like, it's something to do with having enough simplicity on top of simplicity will make complexity. Right. So it allows you to access it from a simplistic perspective. But when you actually take, like, the macro perspective, it's very simple... And when you get into it, it's very complex. That's what This Is America is like, and a lot of Childish can be. I think well. that's what Because of the Internet is. Yeah. To be honest, it's just his career arc is like that. You've got community, very slapstick. Not not a slapstick in the traditional term, but it's very like... It's a silly comedy show. Yeah. It's, very, it's quite two-dimensional... On the surface. On the surface. And then Childish Cambino, fairly two-dimensional on the surface as well as a project. But then it's when you look into it Mm. and his political messages and his views, because it's all such high production. And the same with Atlanta. It's just a really good TV series that you can just watch, but also you can delve into. Mm. He's got that balance right. Man's just a simplistic genius. And on that note, on that note, we will end our discussion on Because the Internet. Thank you very much for joining us once again. If you like this, then there's there's more to listen to. So make sure you go and listen to it. Subscribe. Follow us on all the social media channels that are linked in our description. And join us next time when we'll be enjoying slash discussing... Kiwanuka by Michael Kiwanuka. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye.